So I hit record and it lagged super hard. So I don't know if anybody caught that. Uh, I wonder. I saw it with my eyeballs. Oh God. Um, are things uh, easing up on quarantine in your neck of the woods? Are things opening? I can't tell, to mm. be honest. I like I don't know. What's weird, um, is I feel like they should be. But I just went to Target today. We were talking about this right before we started recording. I got a sweet new stool, everybody. Very excited. Um, <laughs> but I've gone to this same Target during our lockdown, because it's been months now. And today was the first day where they've had traffic in one door only and out one door only. So it's very weird. So, like, the, the one in... Uh, where I live. I don't know if I want to say it. I don't care. Walnut Creek. So like the Walnut Creek target, you like go in through the front door. Normally you can come out that front door, but it's like now the, the exit is down the escalator through the garage. Oh, I see. They like had to reroute everybody. Yeah. And so I parked in the garage anyways, because I was just coming from a direction where that made sense. I parked in the garage and I go to get in through the garage and she's like, sorry, this is exit only. I'm like, that's strange and three months late and I don't really know why this is happening, but right. um, Like why now? But other than that, uh, I don't really notice anything changing really like restaurants are still to going. I don't know if anybody's actually eating at restaurants right now. I think it's opening Friday. Um, Oh, nice. And, I don't know when I hate to be one of those typical people. Cause this is one of those focal points where everyone's like, no one gives a shit about your haircut. It's like, that's actually really what I want. I'm not going to protest about it. Like I can wait for a haircut, <laughs> but that's the I'm one glad thing. You made that clear. Yes. I'm not, I'm not going to lose my mind if I can't get a haircut, but it, it bothers me because I'm so used to for anybody listening that has never seen my face before the sides of my head are shaved to a one like shaved pretty bare and it's been months since I've been able to do that. So I have like, you know, maybe two inches of hair coming off the side of my head where there's usually no hair and it's irritating me. (laughs) So that difference is actually pretty big. It's like no hair and hair at all is very noticeable. Yeah. I get my hair cut approximately once a month, which like if I was really dedicated, probably be like every two weeks but I don't care that much. I'll just normally cut my hair when I start, when I notice stuff for me. I'm like, because it, it literally, the way it's cut, it like shapes my head. Like it makes my, it frames my face different. I just look different. So yeah. when it grows out just a little bit, my head looks funny. I'm like, okay, time, <laughs> to, get, time to get it out of here. But uh, this is, this is absurd. It's starting to curl in the back a little bit. I got like weird little curly cues. It's just not great. Again, I'm not going to protest and demand somebody cut my hair, but I'm the most of quarantine. I've been looking forward to getting drinks with my boys. I am yeah. now looking more forward to someone shaving my head and <laughs> then I will get drinks with the boys. <laughs> that that makes the most sense. Uh, what like when was you? How old were you? When was the time you realized? Like, oh, this is the haircut I'm going to keep getting. 
Like, you know how, like, you're just kind of trying to figure it out your whole life, and then you nail it, and you're like, oh, I know exactly what I want every time. Yeah. Okay. It's not like that for everybody. No, I was, um, mine's changed a few times over the last couple of years. Um, before I would have hair long on the sides like this, and it was more of like a 50s dad cut. <laughs> and then I remember... I don't know if I saw a movie or an advertisement or something, but they had their hair shaved closer to the sides. And I was like, that looks pretty similar to me, but my hair is just longer on the sides. Like, I wonder if I could pull that off and maintenance on that bad boy would be nothing. Oh, way better. So I kind of just risked it and uh, it worked out really well. I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this. Like, this is great. <laughs> I don't have to do <laughs> anything at all. Um, and that was only like, maybe two years ago so oh. before that i was all over the damn place yeah i feel like it's more the style now to have like sh shorter hair on the sides longer on top it definitely is um i'm not gonna say i'm unique in any way at all like you you look if you look up like standard white guy like i look like that like any <laughs> advertisement for cologne in a magazine i look like that guy minus the abs and the tan like, <laughs> give me 40 pounds additional and pale skin and like i look like that guy well um, now i have to google standard white guy yeah oh fuck am i that i look just like that don't i <laughs> well there's it's it's bittersweet news one it's ryan gosling so that's the good news the bad news is he has like your same haircut so it's like yeah. You're fitting the mold, but it's on a very good-looking dude, so you're, I think you're winning there. No, but I know it's like a standard haircut for the moment. Like, it's been a few years since it's been, like, super popular. Family Guy made fun of it in an episode of, like, standard millennial dude haircut. Oh. <laughs> and it was only compounded by the fact that in that cartoon, in that episode, he had a V-neck and Bose headphones. And I have a V-neck and Bose headphones, so I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm fitting that exact mold. That is me. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Like I'm not trying to be that. It just, it's kind of assembled over a couple years. And then I saw that, like them making fun of a standard millennial, and I was like, yes. Like unfortunately, I fit that to a T. I wonder if like society was self-aware like that uh, before our generation. Like, in the 50s, were they, like, making fun of 50s dads? Oh, guaranteed. They must have been, right? I think people have been making fun of themselves for forever. Um, probably even before movies and shows existed. And then I think there was a period where... Um, no, like, even in, like, the... Buster Keaton was, like, the 20s, I think. Like, he was yeah. kind of a comical actor, and... Um, I think as film developed, they would basically play on like stereotypical people. And like you look at shows from the 70s and 80s and 90s, and they have like stereotypical people that they kind of make fun of. So I think it's always been there. Um, we just, you know, we are not that style. Like we are the current style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I remember watching this documentary about uh, Pompeii, 
and like they were just walking around the ruins and shit and uh they went to a bathroom like a public bathroom and on the wall was etched uh i like from fucking 2000 years ago or whatever it was it was like i took a huge shit here (laughs) the guy the historian was like i just realized that nothing has changed yeah society (laughs) is exactly the same as it always has been some things are still funny as fuck like that that's awesome (laughs) i just took a huge dump here (laughs) kudos i hope his name was something crazy like like Thaddeus, Decimus Thaddeus, Titan the Fifth, huge <laughs> dump here. There's a little cave drawing of him. Oh my God, fucking legendary, uh, dude. Um, I'm pretty excited to talk about our our show tonight. Um, Me it was too. The and uh, I can't believe this moment has finally come. And I thought of you immediately when I read about it in the news. So did what's funny, my friend's sister, who she's my friend too, but um, I was like best friends with her sister, like growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't ever remember talking to her about this, but I must have at some point because like the day it happened, she texted me the article and I was like, out of nowhere, we, we don't talk regularly at all. Yeah. And she shoots me the article and nothing else. I was like, oh my goodness, how is this possible? So do you want to go into the, the inspiration for today's episode? I absolutely do. Tell us. Well, first of all, I'm Sterling. Oh, and I'm Alex. And this, this is the Alex and Sterling Watch Stuff podcast. Ping. Ping. I don't have glass bottles with me today. Yeah, I have, I have a can. Boop. Same. Um, uh, can you imagine if it actually made that noise? Boop. Bink. Uh, this is where we watch, drink, review. We watch different movies and TV shows. We drink a whole lot and then review them for you guys. Um, and here's here's our wacky fucking theme for today. Yeah, dude. So I, I'm trying to look it up really quick to find the exact year that it happened. You've been uh, a fan of this, following this, since it happened, since it began. You yeah. and your dad, right? Hold on, I'm trying to see when he did it. Uh, I can't remember the exact year, but... um, It was like the 70s, right? It's been many years. Um, So I wasn't a fan of it from the beginning, but I found out about it probably... like freshman year of college, I think, is when I learned about it. Um, So what we're talking about today is Treasure... And it was inspired yeah. by this gentleman named Forrest Fenn, who, I don't know, again, I don't know what year, but this guy was an art and antiquities collector and distributor and seller and stuff. And he'd amassed a pretty good fortune and was diagnosed with cancer. This is like a movie in itself. He was diagnosed it's fucking with crazy. cancer and was basically told, you know, you are terminal. You're you're not going to survive this. So he's like, dude, what am I going to do with my wealth? Um, I know. Instead of write a sick will for my kids, which I'm sure he did, but he, he gathered <laughs> up a bunch of really cool stuff, like artifacts. It wasn't just cash. It was like gold artifacts. Like I believe jewels? 
the chest itself was worth about $13,000, I believe, or something like that. Um, at, like Probably at the time. Oh, maybe at the time. I don't know. It was worth a lot. I forget the total amount. I think the total amount was approximately a million dollars worth of treasure. Yeah, it's just um, over a million today. Yeah, so it's roughly a million dollars worth of like antiquities and gold and jewels and treasure and stuff. And he buried it somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. Well, we don't know if he buried it, but he hid it somewhere in the Rocky Mountains and wrote a poem uh, basically leading to it and published the poem and said, anybody who figures out this poem gets to keep the treasure. Like, you you read the poem, you find the clues, you follow the path, and you if you find it, it's yours. Now, the cool part about that is it, A, set the world on fire for people wanting to make a million dollars and thinking they could figure it out. Um, but he also rigged security systems around it so he could monitor when people were getting close. How, now, so, how the fuck did he do that? That is amazing. I don't I don't know where exactly it was, but there was an article years ago that somebody got within 500 feet of it. Yes, I and just read was, about that. Yeah, he had posted, he's like, somebody was looking for it, and they came very, very close to finding it. Uh, but they never did. And So my question is, the identity of the person hasn't been revealed yet, but was it that person who went and found it? Were they like, oh shit, I know where that is, I'm going to go back out there? I have no idea. And you know what? I really like that it's not a published thing. Like, it's not like the lottery, where in some states you can stay anonymous. Some states will publish you whether you want them to or not. I think California yeah. is one of them. So, like, if I won the lottery tomorrow or whatever, whenever they draw it, uh, even if I wanted to stay hidden and just be secretly rich, it's not up to me. Like, they publish it. They're like, hey, this dude won. Everybody hit him up. Pretend you're a relative. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. So the fact that he's like, I'm not going to disclose it. Like it's his treasure. He can do whatever he wants is amazing. So that's really the inspiration for, uh, today's episode is that within the last week it was found and it's kind of the end of an era. Cause I don't know of anything else like that. Um, other than legitimate buried treasure from, you know, like ships and explorers of old, like, what's so cool is that uh, someone who was a millionaire was creative, fun, and down to part with a reasonable sum of his money to, like, build up this adventure. And, like, I can't see very many people wanting to do that at all. You know what I mean? You know, I want to spend this money on making sure that a bunch of people have a good time. Like, I've always enjoyed searching for antiquities and if i can give that feeling to a bunch of people i'm like why not which is fucking so cool yeah and funny enough when i was working at my old company um i had done some business with that guy's son no um, way whoa yeah it wasn't anything crazy because we I used to work in logistics and we used to move things and we would refuse to move stuff that valuable. So we wouldn't, we wouldn't move like antiquities. Um, but we would move, I think they had like some kind of a bookstore or something like that. So we'd move a lot of books. 
for them. Um, but uh, I thought it was really cool because I found out through someone else who he was and who he was related to, and I asked him about it. I was like, so... No way. Is your dad? And he's like, yeah, who told you? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it doesn't matter who told me, bro. Your dad is is like Indiana Jones. Yeah. That's fucking cool. If like Indiana Jones and Walt Disney had a baby, it'd be, it'd be him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Indiana Jones was a Disney movie, so it kind of counts. It's there in the same vein. Dude, so... Uh, on the, on kind of the same note, I'm, I digress a little bit, but I just watched this show called Gravity Falls, like right before we entered quarantine. I kind of wish I would have waited. I've heard nothing but good things about that show. Oh my god, it's so good, dude. Um, so there are the whole show is filled with subliminal and cryptic messages and things that you can literally like pull out a pen and pencil for and decode. Um, and they're like. People saying things backwards in the title, and, like, you can play those forward and, like, pull together what they're saying. Like, it's shrouded in mystery. And so, uh, what they did towards the very end of the show was they changed up the title sequence, and they kicked off this, like, worldwide scavenger hunt. And, uh, I I won't spoil it, because I really do want you to watch it, but basically, uh, you can find a statue of one of the characters hidden in a forest in Oregon, um, and people just found it, like, three years ago. Oh, man. Um, and uh, it, the video was so scary, because, like, the, if you see this with... If you see this character without any context, you're like, it's this weird cartoon character. But, like, in the show, he's kind of fucking terrifying. And, uh, if, and the people that were, like, on this massive scavenger hunt they thought they were getting close. They pulled out their phones and they're like, okay, this is like the exact coordinates that we found. Uh, Cy- I think his name was Cypher Bill. Yeah, Cypher Bill should be in here. And then they fucking see this statue in the in the woods. Oh, that is awesome, dude. It was so cool. Um, and they were stoked. But uh, it's, it's my hope to go visit that statue in Oregon one of these days. I hope nobody posts the coordinates. Like, keep it a mystery. Oh. Don't make it like a thing. Like you know, somebody's gonna find it and be like, "Found it! Here it is!" And then it's just on the internet forever. And it's like, well, you just took the fun out of a lot of people's day. Like, good for you, jackass. Yeah, you <laughs> big old jackass. <laughs> um, dude. So who should who should go first here? Um, I'm happy to go first. My movie was interesting. Um, I don't know what you picked at all. I think we can talk about your movie more than we can talk about my movie. Okay. So, so we'll leave that to the end. Sounds good. Um, so with the whole treasure theme in mind, um, I there was a ton of movies that I thought about immediately, and I was like, dude, I want to watch Indiana Jones, and I want to watch National Treasure, and I want to watch like a, just a bunch of things. But I then thought... Maybe I want to watch something I haven't seen. Yes. So I started looking for just different treasure hunting movies. And I found one that I've never even heard of from 2017. 
Um, and the trailer was very enticing. I was like, this looks really dope. And I don't know how I've never heard of this. I almost think it was like a direct to TV or a direct to DVD movie. Cause I've never heard of it at all, but it's called, um, blood, sand and gold. What? Never heard of that. Yeah. Sounds dope. Right. Yes. And it was okay. <laughs> Why? Why was it just okay so i wanted to watch a treasure hunting movie that was like basically following these people on a treasure hunt so like in national treasure like we know what they're looking for and they keep running into these clues and then they have to like be smart and decipher the clue and they're like oh my gosh we have to go to boston and then they go to boston and they find yeah. another clue and they're like oh my god we have to go to alaska or wherever the hell they have to go and then they have to you know we follow them in this like cryptic journey through history which is like a lot of fun and a lot of movies do that um like indiana jones and he finds certain things and they you know have to go beneath like famous buildings and there's secret signs hidden everywhere. And like, that's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, but just yeah. in a way I've never seen before. And this movie, it was like, it was the tail end of it. It was weird. So the premise of the movie is that, of course, an archaeologist finds a treasure and she finds uh, like the gold of Sir Francis Drake in the Sahara Desert. Mm. It's weird because it shouldn't be there. Um, and as soon as they find it, someone in the group has betrayed them. So a bunch of bad guys come and steal it. Boom. Leave her stranded in the desert. And then we're introduced to this dude who I guess used to be like a treasure salve salver. Um, give me, give me the name of the movie again. Uh, blood, sand and gold. Okay. Blood, sand and gold. I got to check this out. I'm listening. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, so this guy is in prison. We're introduced to him, and he's like the day he's getting out of jail. And I guess he was put in jail because wherever he was hunting for treasure, it was illegal to do so, and he was arrested. So he goes back, and his sister is epic rich, living somewhere, like, <laughs> in a freaking mountain villa in what appears to be Switzerland or something. Like, wow. it's hard to tell where this takes place. Um, but basically, he, like, goes and lives with her for a sec, and then this woman, who is just robbed of this treasure, comes to find him. We don't know how she found him, but uh, she's, like... <laughs> One of the problems I had with this movie, it was, like, really cheesy, which is what makes me think it was kind of, like, a direct-to-DVD type movie. Oh, shit. And so it's, it was well, like, the quality of the filming was good, and, like, the types of shots they have are pretty good, but, like, just the acting wasn't great. Um, especially, I hate to say it, but the woman, the lead girl, just wasn't amazing. Um the way she would like overemphasize some lines and stuff. Um, she really, she really hit the title of the movie hard. No way. Yeah. Like, I love you know, it when that happens. She's like 400 years of blood, sand and gold. <laughs> <laughs> love that shit. Calm down. Um, 
But anyway, so she kind of recruits him to find out who stole the treasure and take it back. And so apparently what's cool is she passes him a gold coin and she's like, do you know what this is? And he looks at it and I guess to someone who studies history and treasure and stuff, like you could probably pick up what it is pretty fast. But like for the audience, for a guy to look at a gold coin and know like exactly every single thing about it is a little interesting to me. Um, But he looks at it and he's like, yeah, I know what this is, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, at the time it was printed, it was worth uh, 20, like $20. And do you know what it's worth now? And he's like, "Mm, no, I have no idea. She's like, now it is worth $750,000. And what was just taken from me was hundreds of thousands of more of these coins. So like, oh my God, give you 750 grand if you come and come and help me with this thing. And he's like, well, I didn't want to return to a life of crime, but I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I was just on my way out, but I'm back. Yeah, I was going to turn my life around, but okay, who do I have to kill? So (laughs) he like, he's kind of a badass dude, but I think it just dives a little too quickly into like, his random ass connections in the industry and like he's like oh we're gonna do this my way and they like hop on a motorcycle and like go to some chic in the middle of the desert who happens to be like a bajillionaire and he's like oh i happen to be throwing a party and everybody from this hemisphere that's anybody's gonna be there and it's tonight <laughs> and then they're like at this party and it's it's just it's basically like if i wrote a treasure hunting movie like this is the plot line um, no, I think you'd be better than that, man. You got to give yourself some credit. I give myself no credit. I would be just the the cheesiest, like, all out baller. You know, guns blazing, gold <laughs> flying everywhere. Like Michael Bay. It would be a Michael Bay treasure movie. That would actually be awesome. Um, but yeah. So the the story is they're trying to hunt down who stole the treasure. And there was a cool turn of events that I kind of liked. So what we find out is that this archaeologist woman is the sister slash, like, she's an heiress to a huge company, like, fortune. She's already rich? She's already epic rich. She's rich regardless? That's pretty frustrating. Yeah. So she's epic rich. Her brother has taken over the family business, and he is, like, a psychopath. Which is actually pretty oh. cool. He he does a pretty good job of just being like, like a straight up serial like killer sh- type. Shitty. Yeah. Yeah. He's just creepy and like really weird. Like he has a Fifty Shades of Grey moment with some hooker. It's like whoa, okay. What? No yeah. way. But that moment leads us to some pretty good stuff because as they're getting a little freaky, he gets a phone call and he gets all pissy and frustrated, and the hooker sees a gold bracelet from the treasure that he stole. In, like on his desk and it's not like a fancy ornate thing it's like this little gold band but she kind of picks it up and looks at it and he's turned around so she takes it anyway some time passes and they go to this party that i was talking about and yeah. she's in the bathroom and her purse is open and our archaeologist girl comes into the bathroom and she's washing her hands or whatever and she looks down and sees the bracelet she's like oh my god that's beautiful can i see that and she's like yeah sure and she's doing cocaine on the on the couch 
she's doing cocaine on the counter. So she's like, yeah, I don't care. So she looks at the bracelet and she sees like what it is. She knows what it's from. She's like, I literally dug this out of the desert. Um, so she's like, I know where you got this. You took this from my brother. And then they just start a cat fight in the bathroom. And it's <laughs> like, I, I would write this. This is what happens. Um, obviously, straight to cat fight. So they're like banished from the party for violence or whatever. And now it's it becomes less of a treasure hunt movie and more of like a, how do we steal the treasure back from my brother who has the resources of like Bill Gates uh who's just throwing money at everything and so like, like all the treasure things. treasure movie gone heist yeah but it ends up like there's a car chase and some other cool stuff that i'm gonna gloss over but what ends up happening is the brother kidnaps the sister because he's like well now she has to die because i'm a psychopath and i don't really care if she dies oh god so he's about to like murder her in this castle of course there's a castle <laughs> um and the guy comes to like rescue her and kills the brother and like we don't know what happens to the treasure oh she gives it back to the country it's from what um, after yeah, all that after all yeah. that trouble because that's her mission is she wants things like to be like historically significant things she wants to you know give it back to the people from whom it was taken um, so this okay. gold actually I guess was fair. supposed to be in like Peru, but it was found in the desert. Um, interesting. So I wish they'd gone more into the history. Like that's the fun part of treasure hunting movies is like hearing a, a really well-told story of like, well, this sailor, uh, you know, this captain. Oh, you're so right. And you're they so were supposed right. to carry, you know, a bunch of this and a bunch of supplies and some of the queen's gold from here. And they were going to, you know, take this gold over to the new land and do X, Y, Z. But, you know, there was pirates and then the pirates had it and they like go through this whole journey and they tell it really well. I wish they had done that in this. They went over it really fast where they're like, he was supposed to go from here to here and people were after him. So he dumped the treasure here and uh, it was never found until now. Like that's the story. <laughs> You could have milked that for three hours, like, but you didn't. You you did it for like three minutes. Do you do you remember when I was talking about uh, Outer Banks? Yeah. So that show is a fucking very cheesy teenage heartthrob Netflix show, but they did such a superb job of like going deep into where this treasure came from, and it was like this ship that was coming from here to here. Why couldn't we find it for so long? Oh, because the slaves that were undocumented were the ones who had it. And uh, like, and we have to follow this lineage from here to here. And uh, it was it was so cool, like how they had to dig into history to find out. Um, and I, it made me think, like watching my movie, that like treasure movies are actually kind of rare. Like yeah, like a treasure treasure movie where you're actually trying to find the fucking treasure for whatever reason i feel like it always turns into a or mostly turns into another thing because and that's what i struggled with like i was looking at like indiana jones probably a lot of the same movies you were indiana jones um fucking <sighs> national treasure goonies we already watched goonies but i think goonies is a pure i'm looking for a treasure movie yeah definitely 
Um, I think National Treasure is, but it's like a little different. It's I think like National Treasure counts. It definitely counts, but it's not like I'm looking for this fucking gold to get rich. I'm looking for this treasure. It's like I'm gonna protect you from these bad guys that are gonna abuse it. Yeah. Um. There's one movie that I wanted to watch. I'd seen it a bunch of times because I love it, but it's also kind of cheesy in a in a better way. Have you ever seen Fool's Gold? Uh, is that with Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Yes. That yes, is a great movie, and I was like, that fits the bill perfectly. But what I love about that movie is not only do they dive into the history of it and like really make it a story, but the way they find the treasure, it's the same thing. It's a sunken ship, and they're like, dude, the ship should be here. Like Nobody's found it. What is going on? And there's a storm one night. I'm going to spoil this movie for everybody. I don't care. There's a storm one night. Like 10 years ago. And the captain of their current ship is like, hey, we got to pull around to the other side. The water's getting crazy here. And Matthew McConaughey... Matthew McConaughey has this like light bulb moment where he's like you're gonna do what you're gonna pull the ship around of course you are because it's storming just like it was for this guy this ship is not over here it's over there and they go and search this other area and lo and behold all the the sunken treasures over there and it's like that is so like I love moments like that where it's like nobody was able to solve this puzzle because the conditions weren't right and now they are and now I found it uh needless to say my movie was not like that (laughs) and you never see like what they do with the treasure or you mostly don't see what they do with the treasure once they have it they just have like a moment where they're celebrating all the jewels and money they found and then it's the end of the movie and that's why i liked my movie was not national treasure too but i liked the very beginning of that movie so much because he's on the phone with his best friend nick cage is on the phone with his best friend and he's like you know, I, I'm just totally against hanging on to treasure, which is historical artifacts that should be in the hands of the U.S. government. So they beat me down, and I decided to settle for 1%, and it shows him riding a Ferrari like <laughs> <laughs> into a fucking mansion on a massive estate. Yeah, it's like 1%. Oh wow! It killed me. It absolutely killed me. And and they were offering to give him like fifty percent, like cut it fifty fifty. <laughs> you can't even, as a normal human, you can't like compute what that would have equaled. I would have taken fifty. Yeah, 100%. he almost died so many times. Like most of the movie, he almost died actually. Oh yeah. He's basically a dead man who wasn't dead for a little bit. That's it. He was mostly... Yeah. His life was in grave danger the whole time. Um, so would you... Sorry to deviate so hard. No, you're would, cool, man. Would you recommend this movie? Um, no. I would not. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up and the reviews were so bad. It, it, would, it, was not, it was not very hot. Basically, the way the movie ends is he rescues the girl, the brother dies, uh, they give the treasure back, and then, of course, this cheesy, very end moment where the whole movie, this guy's like, this is why I work alone, because, like, he kills people and shit. And he's like, I don't need partners. I don't like partners because they're accomplices and blah, 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 blah. He goes on this whole, like, I'm a I'm a better man alone kind of thing. And then yeah. at the end of the movie, he brings her some kind of trinket from some other treasure. And he's like, do you know what this is? And she's like, uh, yeah, but that's impossible. He's like, I thought it was impossible too, but it's real and we can find it. 
we what do you mean we well i need a partner this time and then they give themselves that look of like mm-hmm, treasure time and then the movie <laughs> i'm like yeah just like some fun schlock but it wasn't what i wanted it to be as like a treasure hunting movie yeah it was an action movie that the story was pretty weak and it was kind of loosely around treasure so you know i i can't recommend it too highly um i'm glad i watched it though like me too it was it was the trailer was a little deceiving made it look way cooler than it was uh but they got us now we know now we know better and now you as the audience know better to maybe not watch that where did you watch it I rented it for $4 no. on, uh, on Amazon. Fuck. What's weird, dude, there's some kind of a con going on with Amazon. I'm going to talk shit really fast before you get into your movie. Hit it. Um, I went to find it on Amazon, and it showed the typical things of, like, you know, rent for $3.99, uh, buy for, like, $5.99 or whatever. It was super cheap. Then there was an option to watch for free with ads. And I was like, I'll watch commercials to not pay for this thing. Boop. And I click it. And it was yeah. the laggiest, choppiest bullshit experience I've had with Amazon to date. Like it wasn't oh my, my internet. My internet's amazing. Uh, it, I think it was just like, if we make this experience just annoying enough, they'll pay for it. I, that's how oh, I felt. God, and they and it was, did it. There was even a point where I got like maybe five to ten minutes in, and it shut off, and and it took me back to the home screen, and when no. it started again, it it restarted the whole movie. I was like, dude, no way. So I tried again, too, and it was just too choppy much. and laggy and weird, and I was like, dude, what the hell? So I went to rent. When I clicked rent. It obviously charged me. It picked up exactly where I'd left <gasps> off. And Those was perfectly fuckers. Smooth. Perfectly smooth. I was like, you dirty bitch. Like, oh, you knew exactly what you were doing. Fuckers. That, that it, it's pretty, like, obviously shady to me. It, that is crazy. It felt really shady. Like, I know for a fact that I have really good internet, and it wasn't being overloaded or burdened or anything, it very much felt like I just got conned. Wow, those dickheads. That is crazy. I'm very, very blown away by that. Yeah, so I thought you'd enjoy that little that little tale of woe. There's got to be people talking about that shit online. Somewhere. We're going to be those people on Monday when I post this. <laughs> <laughs> we will start the uprising. Bring down... The Amazon scam. Um, dude, so I th- I think mine is kind of like not not a straightforward treasure movie also, but it is m- like about treasure. And it is about a hundred times better than mine. <laughs> uh, I did Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Woo! Oh my god, dude. This movie... Bro, it was made in 2003. That was 17 years ago. 17. We were children when this came out. Yes, we were. We were children. 
We were little babies. It's craziness to me that that came out two years before The Count of Monte Cristo. And The Count of Monte Cristo feels way older. You know what? It feels way older, but if you, if you, I guarantee I'm speaking to you generations two, three from ours. If you watch each movie back to back, Count of Monte Cristo will age better than this movie. Not to say that this one aged poorly, but Count of Monte Cristo is legitimately timeless. It is legitimately my favorite movie of all time. And in that, I will say it's the best movie of all time. It um, can't be. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen uh, Dead Man's Chest relatively recently, and I think it aged really well. They, uh, they're like big summer blockbusters, and they, I think they throw a hell of money at them. Um, and I, I might be, I should have looked this up, but I'm pretty positive this is the first PG-13 Disney movie. Um, I'm pretty sure, and I remember being shocked that this was like a Disney movie when I was a kid. I believe that. Now that you now that you say that, I wouldn't have thought about it, but because they seem relatively harmless, but I think they're the most, uh, probably the most violent, action-packed Disney movie at the I guess at the time. I don't really know of anything else that is technically a Disney movie that's worse. Um, and not know. that they're bad, but they're they're just uh, more. There's more excitement in these movies than I think other Disney movies would allow. Yeah. Um, So, like, this movie has been huge since we were kids, and it's such a big deal, and it's such a part of our culture that, like, there are memes, like, eternalized from this movie. And, like, I haven't seen this movie in a very, very long time. Like, eight years, maybe? That's the best, man. Then you're coming into it with the best frame of mind. And uh, I remembered the it, it it's, everything made sense to me this time. Like I remember coming up on parts where I I was like remembering, I was coming up on parts that I remembered that I was confused by when I was a kid. I'd be like, oh yeah, what the fuck was this about? Completely clear to me now. All made sense. Uh, and uh, and also I would remember like the the memes, like the meme lines. Like the the part where he's like, but why is the rum gone? <laughs> and the part where he's like, well, you have heard of me. Oh my god! Like that all is... these things are said all the time in pop culture, everywhere. Um, and uh, it was it held up, man. Like maybe the CG is just a little tiny, insy bit rough. If I'm gonna be so nitpicky, but it doesn't fucking matter. Uh, maybe the the certain scenes, certain fight scenes are a little too over the top, but only for a second. Otherwise, like it is just fine. Seventeen years later, just fine. I oh, enjoy yeah. every fucking second of this. Um, oh my god, it was so enjoyable. So like, and this is a, this is a movie where they do go kind of into the history of the treasure, which is cool. They and, do, like, and they like kind of a like a cool dark way like i like the way they they do it in these movies yeah and it's like it's about this this treasure from a real life person called uh, cortez and basically cortez was about to fuck up the mayans and the mayans were like 
please don't hurt us. We will give you this massive uh, chest full of treasure. And then he's like, absolutely, deal. And it's like this big old thing full of uh, hand-carved gold doubloons uh, with little skulls on them, which is now, like, iconic. Like, if you saw it, you'd be like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep, it's so so specific to it. Yeah. And uh, so Cortez, I mean... This guy was real, but I don't know if the story is real. I should look that up. Cortez was like, absolutely, accepted the treasure and then still slaughtered the people. So the people, the people's gods, the Mayan gods, cursed the gold and said, whoever steals this will become immortal and they'll be um, purged of all good human feelings. So you'll live forever, but you'll it will be terrible because you won't have any of the good parts of being a human. You won't be able to enjoy food drinks you won't be able to feel other people like you like sex basically they were getting that sex is meaningless yep like they they they're so clever the way they convey cer- certain things you know yeah uh, without being too uh adult about it yeah like captain barbosa wasn't like when i was fucking this girl <laughs> he never said that but basically it was like and the war- the warmth of a woman and uh like uh nothing nothing matters anymore and they which is super ironic and a massive punishment because they have this gold that is like the it, it made them all rich everyone on the ship super rich and they described how they went fucking crazy and they just went nuts and they it was very slow they were just so high off the wind that it was it took them a long time to realize that they stopped feeling things and they it, nothing mattered and it effectively turned them into zombies. So, like, which is interesting because, like, there were zombie zombies when the moonlight shined on them. Yeah, that was, like, one of the best parts, in my opinion, is... So cool! Like, in the description of, like, it, it's in that scene that he's kind of describing the story. And, like, you know, we've been tracking every piece of this gold that we spent to to bring it back so that we yeah. can become human again. And she backs out of the room into the moonlight. And he follows her out with his bottle of rum, I think, or wine or whatever. Yeah. And uh, she steps out onto the deck and sees all these skeleton people. And then he walks into the moonlight and he becomes a skeleton and starts drinking. And you see it just go right through him. And it's like, oh, that scene was so rad. It was so good. Dude, and like being a grown up, the scene before that, which I'm sure when I was a kid I thought was boring. But when I watched the scene now, I was like, damn, this is crazy. So he's like, Captain Barbosa has kidnapped, uh, I, I guess I'll get, you, you fucking need to watch this movie. Like, do I need to spend any time telling the story? I don't think so. I mean, if you want to, I'm happy to, to go through it with you, but it's, you know. I mean, we, we can touch on it, but like, this I movie. at this point, everybody's seen it, I would hope. I hope so. If you haven't, please go fucking watch it. It's so good. And if you haven't seen it in a long time, go watch it. Because, like, it's still really good. And and you'll get new new shit out of it like I did. And the music. One of the best parts about this entire is the score for it. It, like, makes you happy. I don't know if it's just nostalgia or... So much action and, like, adrenaline... Yeah, like, when you hear it, you just, like, oh, my gosh, I feel, like, really excited. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, it's very, very fun. Um, But this scene, 
he was a uh, he had captured Elizabeth Swan or Swan. Yep. Yeah, Elizabeth Swan, and uh, they were they were sitting like in the in front of this like big big dinner table full of food, and he's like, "Oh, don't matter manners don't matter here. Just go ahead and eat." And she started digging into all the food and taking fat bites of everything, and he's like uh, watching her. Um, I I there's a word that I that I'm not remembering and I won't be able to utilize, but like. Basically, he's, like, watching her longingly, and he's, like, almost, like, getting off at, like, watching her enjoy things that he can't. I think the word you're looking for is vicarious. That's it. Like, he's he's living vicariously through her, and she's eating the food, and he's, like, practically fucking drooling watching her. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then he's, like, ooh, 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 try, try the wine. Try this. And then she, <laughs> she, like, not thinking about it, tries it. And then he's, like... And then it, he kind of, like, harps on this so much throughout the movie. And then this, the very first uh, mention of the apple, he's like, try an apple next. Try an apple. Because those were his favorite, and he can't yeah. taste them anymore. And she's like, wait, this shit's poisoned. And she's all pissed and buttered, and he's like, there's no reason to poison you. Because I need your blood for the to end this curse. And then he basically talks about his curse, how he can't taste anything, and you realize that... He was like living vicariously through her, and he's like, "Try this thing that's super good. Try this thing that's super good." Uh, and then he brings up the apples over and over, and it's so, it's so sad. It's I've, so fucking sad. I have never once caught that, but looking back, you're totally right. Like, he he was really wanting her to try the apple, and that's kind of a big deal. And what's funny is in the second movie when they tease him coming back, we see his boots and a bite taken out of an apple next to it. Oh my God. I remember watching that when I was a kid and I remember like seeing that and everyone in the theater fucking losing their minds. They knew exactly who it was. And I don't know why I didn't connect that sooner, but I guess he was all about apples. That's hilarious. He had, he had an apple or would mention apples a lot. Like he walked around with an apple and would be tossing it up in the air and stuff. Uh, and like I don't know why that like harped on me so much, but like I think when I like honestly when I was the last time I watched this, I was just watching it for the fucking explosions and sword fights and action and shit uh, and the zombies. And like now I got to see the whole movie and really judge the whole movie. And. Uh, there, I mean, sure, there are little things, but it, it is such a great summer blockbuster popcorn movie. It's fucking so fun, and, like, the plot is amazing. Uh, they they glorify the shit out of pirates, which I don't know if it's, is, like, good. It's but like, a really bad thing. But it's, it's, it's bad, but, like, I don't know. Because they, I'm sure they were fun-loving guys that love, you know, to drink and party and you know, probably go rape people and steal their stuff. Yeah. Like, that's also a thing that they did, which is really yeah. bad. So, like, like they, they don't cover that in this movie, but it's probably what happened. Um, actually, very factually so in, in every history book ever. Um, <laughs> no big deal. But this movie makes it way fun. And, uh, and another thing is, like, I think it was the first movie that was based on that Disney made that was based off of a ride. Oh, 
so what? good. And they what have those little fuck? moments in the movie. Yes. Where they key it in, like the dog with the keys. Yes. Oh. Hell, if you have ever gone to Disneyland, and what a what a crazy idea. Okay, see this ride, people like it. Let's make a whole fucking movie about it. That's yeah. crazy. And like, if you're if you have ever gone to Disney World, Disneyland, and you remember this shit. It is so mind-blowing because it's, like, rooted into your fucking childhood. Yeah. You know? And what's even crazier than that to me is that the movie did so well. They're like, you know what? Let's add some of the movie parts into the ride. Like, we took some of the ride parts and put it into the movie as a fun reference to people who've been on it. But it's been such an explosive experience for everybody Let's put Jack Sparrow into the ride. Let's yeah. add a couple of random things into the ride from the movies that wasn't wasn't there before. Which uh, it's awesome. And I want to talk about the ride for a second too. Oh, I I gotta I gotta say this before I forget. Oh please. Um, two two tidbits before I forget. So when we'll they continue, uh, and then I'll talk about the ride. Go for it. Well, well, it's on the ride. Oh. So before I forget. Uh, when they updated to include Jack Sparrow and basically the the rest of the the three movies, I think it's um, Black Pearl, Dead Man Chess, and then oh no no no, uh, what are they? It is um, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Um, Here we is go. The first one, Dead Man Chess. Shit, no, I know the no, last one is uh, Dead Dead Man's Chest, and then. Oh, Dead Men Tell No Tales? But that oh, that's an old the newer movie. That's 2017. On Stranger Tides. Yeah, there's there's actually like a spin-off movies that include pretty much everybody except for Orlando Bloom and what's her name? Keira Knightley. Yeah. I thought it was so I think it is Dead Man's Chest. Um I know I think the third one is at World's End. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I don't know what they have like three more that are kind of spinoffs, which are still cool, but like the three, the original three are dope. Um, and the first one is fucking great. But uh, so since this happened, uh, I'm gonna try to paint a picture for listeners that haven't been on this ride in a long time or ever. But you in Disneyland or World, you literally hop on like a little boat. And you are on the water, and you go through, like, a crazy, like, life, a day in the life of pirates. And you get to a a village that pirates are running through, and they're, like, stealing shit. And you get to, like, a sea battle, and there's cannons fucking firing above your head. And the the cannonballs feel like they're landing in the water next to you. And you can smell the gunpowder, and the water's splashing up. Um, You get to, like, a big pirate party, and there's, like gold all over the place and there's fire and shit and there's um gunshots and like a lot of hookers <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to tell the kids but they're hookers yeah they're fucking hookers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of drunk people i don't know if they want to tell kids that but there's people that are just passed out drunk with bottles in hand yes and um so at the end of this ride um what you experience now, I'm kind of glad we're old enough to have experienced the pre and post Pirates of the Caribbean movie change up. We're going to sound like such old men one day when we're I like, know. this ride used to be like nothing like this. 
but I, uh, I, I actually really like it more now because it was it was hell of old like it was untouched since like the fucking 50s or whatever i kind of like that a little bit like part of me enjoys the fact that it was it lasted like you know 40 50 years yeah before anybody sought to to do anything about it it's like yeah. this thing is great as is can you imagine anything lasting that long as is god nothing nothing um so like at the very very end you as you're like you think like the ride's over and you're you're taking a track up like you're done with the water and you're on a track now and you're going uh up like straight up back to where you began and you actually pass like a scene where there's jack sparrow covered with like gold jewels and gems and stuff and uh jack sparrow says something and the animatronic guy does stuff but uh fucking oh my god i blanked on his name johnny depp johnny depp i was thinking of his name in this whole time and then i blanked johnny sparrow john john bird uh john jack sparrow johnny depp has been there like replaced the animatronic many many times and like just played jack sparrow at that point in time in the ride for people and just has has stood there for like a full day like eight hours uh fucking johnny depp right there in full costume everything which is amazing that is so cool like and i i wonder how many people really caught on to the fact that it was him like versus people that had either a been on the ride before and kind of knew you know he's there and maybe they're looking elsewhere at the time or whatever or like looking at their kids enjoying the ride or whatever and then looking up and being like oh my god that's that's johnny depp that's the guy that's him right there in real life that's not a fake thing that they made that's him like i i would have loved to seen like footage or been on one of those boats to see the people's reactions that like holy shit johnny depp is standing right there (laughs) so i i didn't experience that but I went to a panel, like a Disney convention, and there was a panel where uh, Johnny Depp was supposed to come out and talk. And apparently, like, he went against everybody's wishes and kind of just did his own thing. But he came out as Jack Sparrow and had alcohol and was sprayed it on the crowd and shit. And everybody was like, this guy is the fucking greatest. And everyone was losing their minds. And he was Jack, he was Jack Sparrow. And then he left. And, and no one knew how to pick up. The crowd was going fucking crazy because they got to experience Jack Sparrow. And I was going fucking crazy because I was like, that was the real life Jack Sparrow. But the the people who were supposed to talk after him had like a, I assume, this list of things they were supposed to say and just didn't know where to pick up. It was, it was amazing. That is amazing, dude. Love him, dude. He's a fucking legend. Um, but... Yeah, bro. Uh, oh, and the other the other tidbit I wanted to bring up is uh, so Johnny Depp has hell of tattoos, and they mentioned that they had to cover a lot for the movie and like replace some with pirate tattoos and stuff. And there's one scene where like they pull up his uh, his like his shirt to expose a, a sparrow, indicating that he's Captain Jack Sparrow. And uh, that one was fake at the time. 
but Johnny Depp has since had a son, which he decided to name Jack, and he got the Sparrow, the Captain Jack Sparrow tap- tattoo right there for his son, Jack. That is really cool. Isn't and it? Oh. I'm going to add on to that a little bit. I went to church uh, through high school uh, with a girl whose cousin did the tattoos for that movie. No so they, way. They did Jack Sparrow's tattoos, and she told me that, and I was like, yeah, right, dude. Um, and then <laughs> we went to see the second or third movie, I don't remember which, uh, with a group of us, and her parents and stuff came, and they all wanted to stay for the credits to see their cousin's name. Wow. Like their nephew or whatever, like her cousin's name in the credits. And when it came up, they were like, that's him. Woo. And I was like, I guess this is legit. Like he is the guy that did it. Wow. Yeah. So there's a scene, I think it's the second one where, um, you know, when he's going crazy on the ship and there's like multiples of him and he's like talking to himself. Oh, and it's like I don't the remember ship which is, movie, but I think uh, probably third actually. It was third. Yeah, but like the ship is like in the middle of the desert, no water, and he's yeah. like talking to himself and arguing. There's a scene where like he's shirtless, and or there's one of the versions of him that's shirtless, and it, like you see all the tattoos, and her cousin had designed and drawn all those tattoos. That's fucking dope. Right? That's really cool. Super legit. Bro, do you remember the moment when, I think it was at the third movie, when they were about to open the epic-ass pirate fucking secrets book, and then the fucking pirate king, who I think was like Mick Jagger or something, was someone insane, yelled for a dog, and the dog with the keys came up, and the the dog had the keys to the fucking pirate secrets. How ins- do you remember that? I don't. I remember the scene you're talking about. I didn't realize the dog had the keys to the pirate secrets because I didn't watch that one as many times as, I, as I've seen the others. Oh. Um, but the I'm so ashamed that I can't think of his name right now, but he's a famous rock star. I think it was um, Mick no, no, it's uh, Richard. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, his name is escaping me, and I'm ashamed of myself. How do you determine the third movie? On Stranger Tides. Dead I don't know. But while you're looking that up, I'm going to go into my point that I was about to make um, and give you give you time to stall. But what I was going to say about the ride is that I'm blown away at the... Oh, Keith Richards. Jesus. Keith Richards. Thank you. You're, yes. He was... Uh... Johnny Depp's dad. He was Jack Sparrow's dad. Jack Sr. Um, the ride itself is an amazing, like, it's not a cinematic experience, but it's like, as it's like being in a play, almost. Yeah. Uh, even though all the characters are fake, the way they put you into that scene, or into each scene, I guess, is absolutely astounding like you hop into this little boat and like disneyland puts a lot of money obviously into all this stuff yeah like even waiting in line for a lot of these rides it's like you're in another world and so like you're in kind of a weird swampy bayou and it's weird and then you get into a boat and you take off into the dark and there's like 
trees with stuff hanging from them and you're like going through <laughs> and there's like fireflies and stars and you're like dude where the hell am i like how is this even possible and they like the you're right the ships like they look like huge ships with cannons firing and like the whole experience is it's it's amazing like i, I don't even have words for it's it fucking it's crazy it's, it's actually crazy it's incredible um the one part that takes away from that just a little is when you pass by the Blue Bayou restaurant in Disneyland. Yeah. You sail right by it and you see people eating their dinners. It doesn't <laughs> even take away from it a lot. Like it's kind of a peaceful part of the ride. It really kicks off, which is good. Yeah. But when you're, it, it's, uh, you're kind of in the, I don't know why or how they can mix the South, like New yeah, Orleans. Yeah, it's like you're in Louisiana and yeah. then you're in the Caribbean. Like, that's, that's how it goes. Exactly. You're in Louisiana uh, in, like, the 1800s. There's, like, a dude picking a banjo in his, you know, just overalls. And then yeah. you're in the Caribbean looking at treasure and pirates and ships and hookers and fire. And, like, it's it's unbelievable. It's I don't, I don't know. I, I love it so much. I, I'm so I want to go to Disneyland with someone who's never gone before and just honestly, uh, like, hear hear what they have to say. I've done it once with one person and it was pretty much the best reaction I've ever could have experienced in my whole life. See, I'd be afraid that they would almost be underwhelmed like because of all the hype, like so much hype, and then they go and they're like, meh, it was okay. Like, I'd be afraid of that. I'd almost want to go with people that have been since childhood so that they're like, whoa, we all love this. This is great. Yeah, it's like such an easy tap back into your childhood. And you're like, I fucking love this. I still love this. It's amazing. Um, do you remember Rachel from England? Rachel Hughes? Yes. So she had never gone to Disneyland because she grew up in London, South London. She came out here to live for, like, four months, and she stayed with me for, like, a month, me and Katie. And then we took her to Disneyland, and she, I love her to death, and she'll never, ever hear this or get wind of this, so I'm going to just go for it. She's so stoic and, like, underwhelmed by fucking everything, everything. And the whole day I was, like, talking to Katie and her friend Haley, I was like, damn, dude. This was such a bust. She fucking hates it here. And uh, we get home and like everything's passed. We had dinner, had drinks, whatever. We're about to go to bed. And Rachel was like, you guys, I don't want to sound cheesy or anything, but I think today was the best day of my life. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. I was blown away. Like just pushing these intense feelings of happiness down because like the the fucking what disneyland can do for you oh that's so good dude Um, oh that's so crazy don't want to say the name of this ex on the podcast i'm not gonna but (laughs) i went with an ex-girlfriend of mine and i grew up in la so not far from disneyland i've been to disneyland at least once a year up until i was like 18 like I've been like a, a lot of times with wow. people. Yeah. And I took her there and we left early. Who the hell leaves early huh. from Disneyland? Had 
what she was she was just kind of over it and i was like um you're gonna have to text me who this was because that's crazy uh it was the one just before my current situation exactly before just before just before what the hell bro that's fucked up yeah like remember when i had to come live with you oh oh you're painting a very clear picture what that should have been a red flag right there man i don't want to say it but it was man (laughs) like we she she mentioned that she wanted to leave early and like like we went to get dinner and she's like okay i'm kind of done i was like you're you're done we're, we're She's done like, here? I want to. I want to leave now. You're like, yes, to the other park across the street. I'm yeah. down. No, she was just kind of over it. And I was like, dude, oh, fuck no. What kind of sociopath? I mean, I'm just kidding. I. She's great. <laughs> She's a great individual. But who wants to leave early from Disneyland? It's not a place you leave early from. Especially when you have Fantasmic at the end like the fucking craziest shit you'll ever see ever yeah, s- skipped it uh <laughs> and like no. i mean i had a i had a problem with it but it wasn't like an insurmountable problem because i've seen it a billion times so i was like okay i can leave early because i've done everything in this park there is to do so uh if you're not down anymore like we can leave but it was such a weird moment i was like what? i was we were you literally getting dinner the right way. You were you weren't you were thinking like no problem. I've done this a hundred times. You weren't thinking like only sick people won't enjoy this. No, I thought that too. I just didn't say it. I was thinking <laughs> like this is really weird. Like who who comes here and doesn't want to stay here forever? Like this is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. Oh my god. And, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, obviously it didn't end well. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't have <laughs> after this. It couldn't have lasted. Oh, my God, that's fucking wild, dude. And now that I think about it, I think, I, I mean, I'm digging real deep into my memory banks, but my last girlfriend before Katie, I think, felt about the same. And uh, I never thought about it like this. I never thought, like, you sick fuck. What do you mean you want to leave before fireworks? What do you mean you want to leave before we hit every ride on the list? Yeah, I, I'm i not kidding, man. When she brought up that she was like, okay, well, like, we can get dinner and then we can head out. I was like, many thoughts at once. Okay, you're you're not really enjoying yourself. Like I'm I'm not gonna keep you here against your will. That's very creepy. Um, happy to get dinner with you. Sure, Less I'm creepy great. than her not liking Disneyland. But it's like I was also very concerned in the moment. Like, what kind of person doesn't like Disneyland? This is very strange. Um, yeah, I'm a little uncomfortable that you don't like this place. It. It really hit me very strangely. Like, I I was so taken aback. Because I've never met anybody (laughs) that wants to leave Disneyland before they are literally forced out of Disneyland. Yes, same. 100% same. Mickey Mouse in a SWAT outfit is going to come get you. (laughs) That... Like, that's when I leave. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that's when I get out of the park is when 
Mickey Mouse is coming with a giant cartoon hand coming to slap me down. Before that, I'm like, I'm going to stay here for my, my whole life. But she's like, no, I'm I'm good. I've seen what I wanted to see. I've you know, done Disney stuff. I'm like, what the fudge is the deal? Oh, my God. That is insane. It was just a weird night, man. I don't know. It, it stuck with me because I remember the restaurant, too. It was just like I it it was a it's a crisp memory. I don't kind of. Oh, I bet your brain was like, we need to understand this. Let's remember all of this. <laughs> recording, recording now. <laughs> Pressing record. Yeah, um, it was one of those moments like I forget a lot of my life, but few moments i think probably all of us do few moments are very crisply recorded yes i it was probably like a a warning like someone that's someone who is is i mean what what is it what does it say of someone who's like that that they i don't know they burn out on fun shit really quick yeah, they hate joy they eat but children's dreams i don't know what does it say? happiness yeah and like you and i both could have learned from that dude yeah could have learned from that a lot earlier that's <laughs> that's a thing <laughs> dude we are going to disneyland when it opens back up and we're allowed to disneyland in. with you and katie really bad um you guys are fiends and I feel like I know my shit, but then I think about you guys, and I'm like, I I know nothing compared she, to, she's especially done, Katie. She's so down. She's gotten Disneyland so down to a science. It's just it's just short of Excel sheets. Like I'm surprised she hasn't crunched numbers into fucking Excel and run pivot tables on how to efficiently manage Disneyland. She's she's got it though. Like. If you I'm go to Katie, you'll conquer all rides before 12 o'clock, which is... Bro, I'm, I'm telling so, you, you need to get her to put that down in a blog. I know, I know. You will be able to retire on her blog if she, if she unleashes that shit to the world. Like, it's crazy. I know. And she's like, oh, but just just too many people do it. And I'm like, bro, not not in the same way. And not everybody's this that about it the same way you are. What's your favorite Disney ride? Uh, now, and it's unfortunate because I'm really biased, but now... Also, I apologize if we cut your movie short. I don't know if you're done, but now we're talking about Disneyland. No. I mean, the real treasure is friendship, and I think that's what every treasure movie will tell you. So, like, we're right on point here. I like that. Uh, now I, it's Star Wars Land. <laughs> I, I think... My favorite ride now, I mean, my favorite ride before was Haunted Mansion, I think. And now it's probably the Millennium Falcon. Uh, it's just, like, really crazy. It Let's say let's say you and Fal went on, so just two. So that means you're going to meet four people, and you four are going to get on a ride, and you guys have to figure out how to fucking win this thing. It's like hopping in a video game. And you're like, all right, you guys are shooters. You guys are, are fixing the ship and shooting harpoons. And you guys are flying the ship. We all got to get together. So, like, it forces you to hang out with strangers. And this it, the ride is batshit. It's like a full-scale ride, but you have to talk to people. It's I've That's never, awesome. I've never experienced anything like that. So, like, 
that and that's not the premiere ride at Star Wars Land. Like the the other ride is apparently way fucking crazier and more amazing. Uh, but this to me is just like some something really different for Disneyland. So that one is now my favorite, I think. I like that. I I like the idea of like a lot of times on on rides you're forced to sit with other people. Yeah. Uh, like if you go with your significant other, right? You're a pair. You're two people, and like on Indiana Jones, there are rows of four. So like yes. you're sitting next to two strangers potentially. Um, so that's like it makes it kind of fun because two of those strangers are shoulder to shoulder rocking into each other. Yeah. Screaming like, out of excitement. And it's like it's just kind of an experience. But like to literally depend on them for the enjoyment yeah. of the ride, you're like, hey, you're a shooter. You're a mechanic. You're the pilot. Let's do it. That sounds it was, awesome. It was it was crazy. And Katie has like she's she's not comfortable in situations like that. But like if everyone's playing. <laughs> If everyone's playing like a role, it's different because everybody has a job and they know what to say. And she has no problem like shitting all over the pilot if they hit a wall or if they like hit a tree when we're flying out. And it's amazing. And our we had one crew and we'll never replicate it again. But our crew was fucking perfect. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this, but the ride is longer and better if you have a solid ship crew i know nothing about this ride so, i've never been to star wars land i haven't been to disneyland in several years the last time i was going. at disneyland was with the girl i was just talking about oh my god we're going again as soon as it opens dude I have to but so this okay so this ride it is you have the the pilot the engineer and the gunner and everybody has to contribute and there are three tiers of the ride and the ride is longer and better if you are are good at the ride, basically, because it's like a video game. So we I'm got. One, but I have to plug my computer in. Yeah, hit it. So we had we had this one crew that was fucking really good, and everybody was on point. We were just like screaming at each other, and it all worked. Like someone would scream at me for not uh fixing this this hole in the ship that was blown from some star destroyer, and then I would scream at the pilot. Because we we should probably go left here and it was, oh my god it just throws you into the adventure man that's that's what it is it's, that's it's so amazing so dude I love that and I want really like fun. I would love to do that so how many people is it six people it's six and here's here's the problem so you'll most often well no I can't say most often but I think it's likely that you get on with families and. I think people think that the pilot is probably the most fun job. I actually don't think being the pilot is the most fun. I think being the engineer is the most fun. Controversial. But so saying that, people put their kids as pilots. So in your ride, imagine if you were fucking in a car with a fucking seven-year-old driving, and you smack everything, and you're like, all right, man. All right, you know, <laughs> Are we fucking ever to get it going? <laughs> That's what I was just gonna gonna say is how fun would it be to like be a couple and then interact with like a family of four? So it's like a husband and a wife trying to take yeah. their kids on a fun ride to Disneyland. And you're like, come on, Susie, get it together. <laughs> And that's how we are. We're we're we wanted to get a high score and like get to the next level, which we've not achieved yet. So bad 
that we will like scream and get after it. And we're like, fucking pull up, Timmy, pull up. And they won't because they're seven years old. Um, it's so fun, dude. Dude, that's awesome. Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Nothing. I got nothing. I mean, I was going to say my favorite ride is Indiana Jones, but. Yes. That's it. So good. (laughs) So, ready for this? Ryan's Ryan's sister's boyfriend was the guy who designed the ball, or helped design the ball, the big wrecking ball thing that comes down on the Indiana Jones ride. Oh, hell yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's so sick. So, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to one-up you but I'm about to really hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't want to say I'm better than you, but I am, and here it comes. <laughs> no, it's not me. I'm not better than you. But I grew up and I was really good friends with, for a long time, this guy that his dad worked for Disney and would help design and engineer and critique rides all over the world for Disney parks. Oh my god. So with that privilege uh came a lot of other cool stuff and Indiana Jones one of the snakes, you know that part where you go through the bridge and there's snakes one. everywhere? Yeah. One of the snakes is his toy snake. Stop. Yep. Serious. Yep. I there was one time when we were in middle school. I don't remember how old we were, but um, we got to go to Disneyland before it opened. So we were the only two kids what in the, the park. Fuck? And I don't, again, I don't remember what day it was or how old we were, but he had to go to work and do ride stuff. And we got to go with him. And he's like, okay, you guys can run around the park until it opens. And then you guys can hang out at the park all day. And uh, being in Disneyland alone at, like, 6 in the morning is <laughs> actually terrifying. Like, it's really cool. I bet. Scary as balls. No one is around. It's super foggy. I don't know what time of the year it was, but it was foggy. Man, it was like, you go by, like, Big Thunder Mountain, and there's, like, a koi pond to the left and Big Thunder Mountain on the right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Fog everywhere. What the hell? And then we like go up to the koi pond and none of the fish are swimming. They're all frozen in the water. And it's like, <gasps> what, what the, the fuck? Fudge? And I'm so trying to you. <laughs> we just ran around that whole park like it was ours. It was a, it was amazing. Oh my God. Like, what do you do? That's crazy. You could just do anything. It's amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a good time. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know why Indiana Jones is my favorite. I was just talking a real big hype about pirates, but like I don't know, Indiana Jones just gives me kind of a adventure-y, you know, feel. Uh, that one is is actually fucking wild. It's crazy. Like even when you're waiting for the ride, it it gets interesting because you're in a cave with skeletons and shit. Oh yeah, and I think I'm so glad that they made the line waiting portion. Um, interactive, not necessarily interactive, but like entertaining. Yeah. Um, to like wait in line because you're 
if you are not Katie, you're waiting in line for like hours, potentially. Yeah. And yeah. you get to walk through the forest and through the jungle and see crazy stuff and like ruins, Indiana Jones at least, um, in Space Mountain, you're like going through a space station and like all this cool stuff. So the fact that they made the lines something entertaining in themselves and not Disney related at all, but the Harry Potter uh, world, uh, the line for, I don't even know what the name of the ride is, but like going oh. into, into Hogwarts. Yeah. <laughs> that line is probably the coolest line I've ever seen. I've, I've never had to wait done, in it very long. I've done the ride, but I didn't do the line, and I was actually told that the line is amazing. Yeah, I've never had to wait in the line. Like, thankfully, the line's been super short, so I just go straight through. But I actually want to take my time and go through the line portion. Same. Because yeah. it's like going through the halls of Hogwarts, and there's pictures and artifacts and yeah, apparently it's and stuff all over the sweet. place. It's really cool. The uh, What's... What they really fucking nailed with the new Star Wars Rise, uh, uh, ride, Rise of the Resistance, is the ride starts straight up like 20 minutes before you get on, and things start to happen to you, and you like get on a sub ride, if that even makes sense, bef- maybe 10 minutes before the ride begins. So like the ri- so the total ride experience is like 40 minutes long. And oh. It's- it's really crazy. Uh, the, they were like, why not get everybody in line engaged and get them fucking hyped for the actual ride? And it worked. That's what you got to do. Like, you got to make it fun. Um, they really got it, bro. It, it was nuts. Um, yeah, God. Wow. The pirates. I mean, this is what they wanted, right? We wanted to watch pirates of the caribbean and it got us talking about disneyland and now we want to go hella bad yeah i feel like we talked about disneyland for like 30 minutes <laughs> should have had my wife katie on this she's the disneyland fucking grandmaster i want to go with you guys real bad it's so crazy it's so good so different she's got her shit together as long as it's also fun like if it's it's like now we go here now we go here now we go here no time for that nope no pickle on a stick for you we're going here stop breathing no time yeah no time for that no i so i i had done this with her for a long time like three years and i was like oh my god is this gonna be fun for anyone else and then and then we started to test it with other people started to invite people and it would come like 12 one o'clock and people would be like, oh, my God, we went on every ride, and now we can do whatever we want. This is great. So, verified. All but right. I was I was questioning. I was like, oh, my God, is this too much for people? I mean, it won't be too much for me. I can't no. speak for, uh, you know, Val, but you she'll deal. She'll just hang. Four people, optimal. We'll, optimal. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. All right, all right, brother. Are we closing out here? I think so. Um, any final comments on your movie? Oh my god, it's so good. Fucking go watch it. Like, you feel like you watched it not too long ago? Go watch it again. It's on Disney Plus. Go rent it. Go buy it. It's fucking so good. It is so good. Jesus. So Christ. key takeaways so- are: go watch Pirates. Don't watch <laughs> Blood, Sand, and Gold. 
That's the takeaway. Um, I'm Alex. I am Sterling. And this has been the Alex and Sterling Watch Stuff podcast. You can reach us if you want to suggest movies, comment on the episode, or, you know, just whatever. Uh, shoot your thoughts. You can email us at aswspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at aswspodcast. And we have a phone number, you 415. Can oh, go ahead. You can text me. Just text me. How about that? Yeah, just at shoot a text over. Yeah, you can do that. 415-488-5031. 415-488-5031. And that's it, man. Um, we cheers. We cheers. And then I got a piece so bad. We're out. Hop on after this? Yes, just let me go pee real fast. You're welcome to pee. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye, Bye. fans. Bye.